So I'm calling this podcast episode Motivation Unnecessary. And the reason for that is I want you to be the kind of person that doesn't need motivation. Your inner self-talk, your inner dialogue is saying, I don't need to be motivated to get shit done. I don't need to feel something before I do something. I'm the kind of person that will take action and I know that the action will trump how I feel, right? Like the action will actually produce the feelings that I want. And if I fuck around and wait for the feelings to get there first, I won't accomplish anything. And if I do accomplish something, it will be nothing compared to what I can accomplish when I just take action. I read this on Instagram a while ago and it said motivation is a drug. And it's from uh, Miranda Aldroyd, who is fantastic to follow. I really encourage everyone goes and follows her. Her uh, handle is Fearless Miranda. Motivation is a drug. It's got a really big high and a really steep drop. And it, it is, it's addictive, right? Like we have this, it's almost vernacular or language or narrative around I need motivation to get myself going. I need motivation to keep it going. And if I stop, it's because I lost motivation. We're kind of at the mercy of motivation, right? Whenever we're talking about it like that. But motivation is this concept. It's, and I don't want to say it's a myth because I think that that's just a fucking like, everybody that says something's a myth is just trying to sell you something, right? Like, it's a fucking myth. It's like, no, it's bullshit. It's, it's, a, it's a thing. Like, there's a word. It's, it's defined in the dictionary. Motivation is a thing. I'm sorry. But it's a myth in the sense that motivation is needed in order for you to do something. And it's not. If you become the kind of person that takes action and you don't need to feel something. In fact, how you feel is irrelevant. If you can treat what you need to get done like that you're going to be able to overcome all of the barriers and all of the things that seem to get in the way when i think back to when i was my fittest or when i was my leanest or whenever whenever i was just sticking to the thing that i wanted to do like my goal and i had a plan and i had this process whenever i was sticking to that the most i can look back and 100 percent say that i did not feel motivated every single day. Usually there are way more days that I don't feel motivated, that you can kind of feel like shit actually. (laughs) I guess we have this idea that when we start to pursue a goal to become a better version of ourselves, we just feel fabulous the entire time and it's all like rainbows and fucking unicorns and butterflies and like, it's not, it's not like, it's not going to change the fact that the human experience is is kind of this combination of chaos and suffering and shit hitting the fan a lot of the time. And in between those bits, we have these breakthroughs, but it doesn't come until we've been through the mud, right? Like you've got to go through the shit to get to the good stuff. And motivation is kind of like a test that is the first of many tests for people to have to go through before they can accomplish greatness. And so that's what I like to think about in terms of anything that makes you feel like you don't want to do it. So when you feel like I had a bit of a bad sleep and I'm kind of tired and my alarm goes off and I don't want to get out of bed. Or when you get to the gym and you're like, I don't really feel like doing 
the workout in, in a, like at maximum intensity, like I might drop my effort back a little bit today or like I just, you know, I don't feel like cooking because I'm tired and I was really stressed out at work today. So like, you know, I just, I deserve to have a break. Those are all tests. And when you start to open your eyes to the fact that it's all a fucking test to see if you're going to pass it, like treat it like hell week, right? Like you're a fucking wannabe Navy SEAL. This is hell week. And everything that you get put through is not to figure out how fit you are, how strong you are, or how lean you are in the case of trying to do a diet. It is a test to see if you can make it. Literally, that is it. So what we're actually doing when we're pursuing a goal is we're not trying to get to the goal. We're actually just practicing commitment. That's really what this is. There's a beautiful quote from Greg Glassman talking about weightlifting. And it says all these amazing things about, you know, motivation is fucking bullshit in much better, fancier words. And it says that we're not practicing weightlifting. We're practicing commitment and commitment spawns success. Motivation is the is the loser's gambit, um, and it's it's exactly it's beautiful. It's exactly what it is. Waiting on motivation is what fucking people that don't get shit done do, right? Like, look at the people who are waiting to be motivated. They're not the kind of people that you want to be. That's not the person that you want to be. So fucking be the person that you want to be and take action. That is the only thing that will make you feel good, right? Doing the work is the only thing that will make you feel good. So the motivation becomes unnecessary because it's irrelevant. How you feel is irrelevant in the way that when you feel not great, you still do the work. And when you feel great, you still do the work because the way you feel is no longer part of the mechanism that allows you to accomplish the goal, right? The feelings are totally separate from that. Feelings are just part of being human. So we expect the good ones and we expect the bad ones and we expect everything in between. And the bad ones specifically, we know now that they're tests. We know that they're going to sound real tempting. And you know what? To be fair, there are probably some times where you may need to rest. You know, there are people that I'm like, when was your last rest day? And they're like, oh, like, you know, 1995. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God. You're going to actually accomplish more by having some time off. And sometimes that happens, you know, even when we don't want it to happen. And it's okay. I think that it's just about recognizing that, hey, how you feel, if it's dictating your behavior, it will often take you away from the direction of your goals. That is kind of the objective thing right when we're looking at it without any kind of judgment it's like well if you do what you feel what direction do you ultimately go in regardless of what's going on in your life regardless of you know it could be a funeral it could be a breakup it could be you losing your job you could have lost your house you know it could be something really serious and in that instance of course according to your circumstance you're only capable of so much but it still means that when you make a decision that is not the decision that makes you the kind of person that you want to be, you're going to go in the opposite direction. Remove the judgment from it. There's just two two ways that you can go. You know, you're never standing still. You're going towards your goals or you're going away from your goals or you've changed goals, right? Like if you can remove the judgment from it, it's like, hey, every decision is going to take you one direction. And so you just got to figure out which direction is worth going.
when we think about what we're trying to do, we have to be prepared to fully own it, which is why I say to remove judgment. It's, it's irrelevant whose fault it is. You know, if you were fired from your job, I got fired. I got fired from my job in New Zealand. I was a coach at a gym and I had a bit of a fallout with the owner and I thought I'd patched it up. And one day he walked in and was like, hey, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to let you go. And it was sneaky because I'd officially resigned in writing in order for him to write me a new contract. And that was what the fallout was over. But uh, after I had fully resigned, he never wrote me a new contract. And then he came and kicked me out and it was shit. But um, he didn't help me find a new job. Like, man, that was my problem. It didn't matter whose fault it was. I can fucking blame him until the cows come home, but he's not going to get me a new job. And that applies to every problem that you have. It might be your parents' fault for how they raised you. It could have been your grandparents' genetics. It could have been that school teacher in school who told you you were dumb. It could be that coach who totally doesn't believe in you. It could be your own self-limiting beliefs around how how good you are at being disciplined or how good you are at being consistent or what kind of person you are. But it really doesn't matter whose fault it is or why it happens, right? Like we always want to know the why and, and get to the bottom of it and figure it out. But ultimately, that actually doesn't matter because all that matters is what you need to do to fix things. Your problems are your problems. It doesn't matter whose fault they are. It doesn't matter if your partner broke up with you. It doesn't matter if your parents are overweight. Your problems are still your problems. And no one else is coming to save you. You have to be your own goddamn Prince Charming. You have to save yourself. And you have to prove it to yourself that you can do the things that make you the kind of person that you want to be, regardless of your starting point. I don't care if you're fucking years behind someone else. It doesn't matter. You're the only one in charge. And you can get caught up on the why, and you can become the victim of your circumstance, or you can create the comeback story. And I think that's really powerful. It's, you know, it's like a lot of us seem to be treating life like this soap opera. We're kind of in this drama and in the drama, you're the victim and it's very difficult and challenging and everything goes wrong, of course, because that's the way things happen for you. And like, of course, it's three bad things in a row or like, of course, you get sick and then you get injured and then your like kid is sick and then this and then that, of course. And you can create this story because you have all this evidence for this fucking drama in your life. You're looking for it. Or you can be the action hero. Like you can literally choose what your life looks like. Is it an action movie where you're fighting the bad guys and you're constantly being knocked down over and over again, but you keep coming back? Or are you the person who's just the victim? Like, are you living in the soap opera? Are you looking for the drama? Are you finding all these reasons and making them bigger and reincarnating these feelings to make yourself feel justified and validated in the decisions that you're making that you know are not taking you in the direction that you want to go? Because if that is you, 
And that's okay. I, I want you to feel like you can recognize this and admit it. It's a really big part of this process to remove all of the fucking self-judgment. It's okay to be critical of ourselves without being like, oh God, I'm just the worst. Oh my God, of course I'm doing that. Like, fuck, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to be like that. And, and just either avoid it, deny it, or just fucking like shut it off. Recognize this if you are this person. I can tell you right now, I am this person like every three days. I become like the main character of my soap opera. And that's cool. Like I get that I do that sometimes. And the best thing for me is to actually be able to recognize what is going on when it starts to happen. It's not that I can just switch that off and stop and, t- and, and totally change my reactions and responses to the world around me. It's that in the moment when it begins to happen, I can go, oh, okay, I see what I'm doing. Okay, I don't want to be this kind of person. What do I need to do from here? What can I do differently? Rather than getting sucked into it, sucked into that and like kind of, you know, you can dig your heels in even harder if you feel like it. I can be like, you know what? This is actually, I see what I'm doing. I don't want to be the victim. I don't want to play this part. I want to find a way to push through this and come out the other side bigger, stronger, and better. What have I learned here? What would I do differently? It's my favorite fucking question. When shit goes wrong, when I start being the kind of person I don't want to be, reflect on it in a critical way, again, removing the judgment and simply asking yourself, what would I do differently? How would I, if, if this comes up again, what would I, what would I like it to look like? And playing that out, literally, it's a visualization. It's a rehearsal of that when you ask yourself that question, whether it's a workout, whether it's a week of eating, whether it's an argument you have with your partner. When you just say, what would I do differently next time? You can create a different outcome for the next time it comes up because it's going to come up again. It might not look exactly the same, but it's going to come up again. The only guarantee we have is that shit's going to hit the fan more than once in our life, right? It will come up and it might, again, it might not be identical, right? So I think we often are like surprised because it's always new every time something comes up. It's like this new thing. But if you can figure out that there are patterns, right? Like there are these pillars in our life that stay consistent, family, relationships, kids, like your goals with training, your goals with your diet. Like there are these kind of themes And the problems that appear, like, you know, we can kind of tackle them in ways that are similar across the board. It's not that every single one is new and different and unique. It's that, okay, yes, it's a different version, a different variation, but my reaction, if there's someone that I'm trying to be, if there's a better version of myself that I'm trying to do my best to, I guess, live by or hold this standard for myself, then that means that regardless of the problem, there probably is a way that is best for me to react and, and respond, like choose my response. So it's asking yourself, what would I do differently? And then knowing next time it comes up, seeing it and going, okay, can I, can I change this? Even if it's halfway through, even if you've already committed to the drama version, can I become the action hero? Like what kind of perspective do I want to have on the person that I am? Do I want to see myself as like this just person whose world is against them and, and fate has planned all this miserable shit for them? Or do I want to see myself as like, I'm trying to think of a character. And the only character that I can think of is the chick that's in Black Widow, <laughs> but she's the sister of Scarlett Johansson. She's just kind of awesome. I don't know if anybody else has seen that movie. Go and watch it. This chick is just, she's funny and sarcastic, which I love. And she's not like your typical like female lead she's like just kind of a douchebag but with a good heart (laughs) 
and she's strong as fuck and does cool badass shit. So I'm kind of thinking of her. I'm like, what would she do? Like, she would probably crack some smart ass joke about it and get the fuck on with it. Even if she's been punched down millions of times, she's like, you know what? I've got another trick in the bag. Like, I've got something left. And that's the kind of person that I want you to be. Be the action hero of your life rather than the drama or soap opera character. Because that's what you'll hear in your language if you're not careful. I need motivation. Boom. Language. That's a narrative. It's not my fault. Boom. Language. It was them. They did this thing. Boom. Language. That critical self-judgment of like, I just need to be better. I need to be more disciplined. I need to be this. Like, I'm not good at that. Whenever you're using those kinds of words to describe yourself, you're essentially reinforcing this idea of who you are, which it's almost a protective mechanism for future you to go, well, I knew that I wasn't very disciplined and I'm not very good at being consistent and I'm addicted to sugar and I can't help it. It's like it kind of prevents you from in the future being a different person because you've already set yourself up to fall back on this excuse that validates and justifies the kind of behavior that you're trying to avoid. So your language is a really nice way to gain insight into the trap that you're setting yourself up for. And when you really look at it, I think sometimes it can actually almost become obvious. And I still catch myself doing it. Like I've talked about this before on this podcast, talking about how I'm the strong girl and not the fit girl. And all that happened was whenever there was lifting, I would fucking hit it hard. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm strong. Like I own this barbell. And then as soon as I was working out in my brain, I'm like, oh man, I've got to get fitter. Man, why am I not fit enough? Like, oh, this is so hard. This is so much harder for me than other people. Like, oh, this is my breathing rate is so much higher. And like, this is hurting me way more because I'm not fit. I'm not as fit as those other people. This is so much harder for me. And I would fucking slow down. Why? Because I didn't believe I was fit enough. Whereas with the barbell, like I'm not particularly specially strong. It's just that I always push myself because I like it because I believe that I am a strong person. And we play into the labels and the language that we talk about ourselves with. So we're really just a product of our thoughts. Like, As much as I fucking hate that bullshit, like wishy-washy, like, oh, you are your thoughts. Ultimately, if your thoughts about yourself produce a feeling, whether it's negative or positive, that will motivate you to create an action or a behavior. And that behavior will produce a result. And that result will then become evidence for the thoughts that you had about yourself. We are in a feedback loop and we have control of this loop because we can control what we think, but we cannot do that until we are aware of this feedback loop. So let me tell you this again. You think something about yourself. It might be on a subconscious level, but you are thinking something about the person that you are, who you perceive yourself to be. So it doesn't even need to be fucking accurate. It's just something you think about yourself. That thought creates a feeling. And for me, whenever I was in a workout, I would feel 
bad. I had negative associations with doing workouts where I got my heart rate up. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm so much bigger than everybody else. It's unfair. Like they're so small. They, they just must find this so easy. I would have all of these feelings of like being anything from like envious and jealous of other females to like playing the victim of like, well, this is just harder for me and creating these explanations that were very complex and very persuasive, I guess, about why I was the way that I was. And it's very fixed, right? So these feelings created this really like fixed label. And so I would play that out. That would create the behavior and that would, I would essentially alter my action based on the feelings that I was having. The feelings were motivators, whether it was negative or positive motivator. And then the action created the, the result, right? So it goes thoughts, feelings, behavior, and result. And then whatever the result was, it was the perfect evidence for my brain to go, look, see, I was right about myself. See, I'm not fit. Whatever the languages that you're using about yourself, you can usually backtrack it and find that loop. You can find that little fuck yourself up feedback loop that <laughs> will probably be happening in many different areas of your life. So I can find one with food. I used to say I wasn't very good at eating well when I was traveling. And so what would happen? I would make no effort to be organized before I left. I wouldn't eat well when I got to the airport. I'd probably have a couple of drinks. I'd get wherever I was going and I'd be like, oh, fuck it, I'm traveling. Like, I never eat well when I travel. And I would behave in the way that I thought I was going to behave. And then I would produce the result that created evidence for me to continue that habit and continue that pattern. And it was perfect because it gave me an excuse. It validated the behavior. And when I realized that I was talking about myself in that way and I changed that and I had a look at what I could do to actually not be that kind of person, I suddenly was able to break out of that loop. And we can all break out of these loops. You just have to hear your language, hear the thoughts and fucking talk back to them and take control. We are in control of our thoughts. It's really fucking cool, actually. We can think whatever we want to think as much as in our lives sometimes we feel like we have to do the things the right way or, or we have to you know make sure that we do it according to what's acceptable and and we're trying to fit in and we're, we're often doing all these things where we kind of are controlled by society your thoughts are your thoughts and you can literally think whatever you want to think and when you get into the driver's seat of your brain you can control so much of your outcome simply by talking back to yourself and changing your language. Um, a really nice one for this is how you talk about yourself to others. And in Australia and New Zealand, self-deprecating humor is a fucking, it is, it's a nightmare. Everybody makes jokes at their own expense. And if they're not making jokes at their own expense, they're making jokes at other people's expense. And it's, awful it is awful and you will very quickly become aware of what issues people are fighting when you listen to the jokes they make about themselves whether they're like oh i'm just slow at this i hate burpees or oh i'm just fat like it's in my jeans or you know like little throwaway comments where it's a joke or it's just like a haha -ha moment or a complaint 
you will pick up on so much of what is going on in their internal landscape when you listen to people's language about themselves. And so your job is to start listening to your own language and start fucking catching yourself out and changing it. It's slow to change because you got to catch yourself first. Then you'll be able to catch yourself before you've actually said it. You'll catch the thought before you say it out loud. And that's when you just bite your fucking tongue. You don't speak badly about yourself to anyone. In the same way that you don't speak badly about your best friend or or your like someone you loved, whatever. Stop talking badly about yourself. Change your fucking language and you will start to change your perception of yourself and you can change your perception of the world. And that's all that this life is. It's just how we perceive it. So on this journey, whatever the goal is that you are charging towards, the only thing that I can guarantee for you is that it's going to be hard and there will be bad days. And I say this in a way because I want to prepare you for it. I don't want anybody to go into something that has to do with, I have a goal and I'm going to try and accomplish it, thinking that it's going to be fucking awesome because If you do, you'll quickly be very disappointed and potentially really discouraged. But like I said earlier, when you recognize it's going to be hard and that being hard is part of the test of the goal, then you realize what makes you better. And yes, the goal is part of that, but it's the things you have to do on your way to the goal. You don't get the goal for free. You don't get to just write down a plan and execute and it's perfect and you get the goal. No way, Jose. Life is not that nice. There's going to be things that come up, whether it's from outside of your control or, and this is the thing that is most likely, things that come up from you, from your past, how you've behaved before, old habits, old ways of thinking that's kind of what it is we realize that we have a lot of patterns ingrained in us and it's neurons in the brain that have wired together a particular way and the brain is very good at being efficient and doing what it knows so when we're creating new habits not only are we trying to create new pathways in the brain but we simultaneously have to allow old pathways to weaken and that's where the test comes up and that's where we often experience a lot of cognitive dissonance so cognitive dissonance meaning literally mental discomfort when you set a new goal you will almost immediately feel the self-doubt creeping up because when we say i'm going to do this What we inherently know is it requires us to be more than we currently are. That's what's required of having a great goal, right? We have to do great things. A big goal requires big action. And so the cognitive dissonance is going, oh, I have to do more. I have to be more. I have to do these things that I don't currently do. And I'm quite comfortable right now. What I do right now is the easy option. And so when we set a goal, we're saying to our brain like, I'm about to choose the hard way. I'm going to do things that I've never done before. And your brain is like, well, that's unfamiliar territory and we don't know about that. (laughs) So it's partly your job 
to know that when things get difficult and when you feel uncomfortable and when you feel that I don't want to do this, I don't feel like it, this is hard, I'm not this kind of person, that is your brain going, hey, come back here, come back into your comfort zone, come over to the, to, to the past you and just stay there. We don't want you to move anywhere. This is safe, right? And so you have to let that exist. You have to let the discomfort exist and the fuck, I know this is really hard. This feels like a high effort. This feels inconvenient. This feels like it's just more challenging and I don't know if other people have to go through this. You have to let all of those thoughts and all that self-doubt and all that kind of, I guess, negative feeling and sensation or thoughts or voices, you, you just have to let them be there because that's your brain slowly going through the process of letting go of those old pathways. And soon the new pathways will be stronger than the old pathways. But that transition period is always really hard. And that's why motivation won't get you through that. Motivation, like feeling like you want to do something, your brain is quite literally hardwired to make you feel like doing what you know, because your brain will keep you safe at all costs right? It is designed for survival, not for becoming bigger, better, stronger, harder, faster, whatever your goal is. The brain is like, hey, right here, we're safe. We've got food. We've got a safe environment. We don't have a like we can deal with this amount of stress because we know it, whatever it is. So when you push outside the bounds of that, Your brain will very quickly try and pull you back in. It's kind of like you're on an elastic band. And when you push out, that elastic band will want to tug you back in. It's going to flick back on you. So part of this is going, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're capable of. You might be the next CrossFit Games champion. You might be about to lose five or 10 kilos. You might be about to become the healthiest version of yourself at 60 years old. I don't know anything about you, but I know this is going to be hard. And that's part of it. That's cool. That's okay. If you can get to the point where you say, good, hard is good. Then you know you've made it. Then you know you've tripped over to that point where the challenge that you face in accomplishing your goal is the thing that you know is actually what makes you better. We tend to hyper-focus on the goal and the endpoint, and we put the happiness and the accomplishment and the feeling like you're proud of yourself on the other side. But when you figure out that all the hardship you have to face on the way is you becoming better, suddenly the process becomes the reward. And that's what you want. You want to think, oh, this is, this is the hard bit. Fuck yes. Good. I fucking want it to be hard. I want to lean into this. And that's why with CrossFit, when we train and when we do hard workouts, we get a little opportunity to experience that because we deliberately put ourselves into this environment where we're uncomfortable. And you can either go, oh, this is, wow, oh my God, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. Oh, wow, this is actually really heavy. I'm like, oh man, my heart rate's just jacked up really fast. And maybe I approached this wrong and I should have a quick break before I start my next set. And I should maybe back off a little bit. I might burn out and like, oh, what if I can't hold on? And you have all of that stuff come up. What that simultaneously presents is an opportunity for you to go, oh, this is hard. Good. 
Hard is good. Fuck yes, this is why I'm here. Let's fucking go. So I don't care who you are. It will be hard for everyone. Never assume that it is harder for yourself than someone else because that will only undermine your ability to take on what you're really capable of taking on. I'm going to end with one of my favorite quotes. You were given this life because you are strong enough to fucking live it.